0: So I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 6. This scripture talks to us about the strength of God in the days that we're living in. He says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything you know to do, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of God's people, the Lord's people. One version says, stay persevering, persevere with your prayers. Persevere means that you continue to do what you're doing in spite of opposition, in spite of difficulty. You stay with it. You just stay with it. So we see here that there's, in verse 12, that we're fighting against not people, but, but spirits. This battle is against spirits around us. And he lists the different spirits. There's different levels and different types of spirits. Some spirits are over geographical areas. Um I was recently in the Middle East, and so you know, sometimes anybody that's ever been in military knows that if you've ever been to certain countries in the Middle East, there's spirits that uh, you feel the presence of that spirit there, and uh, uh, an oppressiveness. And then uh, there's those where there's freedom, like in our country, you're very free. You may not realize this, but those founding fathers, when they established our country, and they used the Bible and they prayed. You know, they, they established this country with a commitment to God and that God, it was a nation under God's authority. Now, we know that there's been a lot of evil things that have been done in our country at various times in our history. But you know what? The, the commitment of the foundation was to God. And so, uh, God is still here. There's still freedom in our country. And uh, many have given their lives for that freedom. As we mentioned, next weekend we're going to have the patriotic um, uh, honoring of our military people as well as uh, being grateful for our, our freedom as a country. But you feel atmosphere. And there's spirits that come over a certain atmosphere. One time when my husband and I were traveling in ministry, we were entering in this one city, and, and uh, we had to go through an area where there was a university. I said, do you feel what I feel? I feel an intellectual spirit here of pride. And he said, yeah, I feel the same thing. You can feel, you can feel the spiritual atmosphere of a place. You can walk into a room and feel strife, you know. So spirits affect... Uh, atmosphere. They, they, but they, the, he, he lists this spirits that affect geographical areas. Then there's spirits of the age that we're living in, the culture around us. There are spirits inter, that are influencing the culture that we live in. They're trying to convince us to pull away from our beliefs uh, in morality, our beliefs in uh, a biblical worldview uh, worldview, and they're trying to convince us of a secular worldview. There are, there are spirits that are behind that in our culture. Then there are spirits that influence governments, world rulers, world leaders. We have a, uh, our president right now listens to those around him that are Christian people speaking into his life. That's why you know he's made a lot of decisions that he's made is because he's got good influencing people who are uh, listening to the Holy Spirit and uh, and he's yielded to that. And so we have, uh, but there are others out there that are not, and they are they're in, they're being influenced by spirits. That are causing them to do the direction, take the direction that they're taking. Then there are those that are, uh, then there are spirits that are assigned to attack individual lives, and that's what you and I deal with. Is is that there are spirits that try to hinder us, that try to attack us in various ways, whether it's sickness and disease, or whether it's um, trying to uh, cause an accident or uh, trying to cause a hindrance of some type. I mean, even just yesterday, I got a phone call, pray for my daughter. And uh, they were on their way to minister somewhere. And and uh, she had to go into the emergency room. She's okay, praise God. But it was a moment of an attack to try to hinder them from the place they were going to go minister. I've had that happen to me. I've had many times when, uh, you know, things have taken place that have tried to shock me or get me out into a, a realm of fear or a realm of, you know, oh, you know, I don't know if we should do this. And I'm going to go into that in just a moment. But I'm just telling you, we're, we're in a battle that has intensified. There are people that have been attacked with sicknesses that out of the clear blue, they're like, I've never even had a, a ache or pain, you know, and now I got, I've been diagnosed with this this thing, this report. Or there's people that out of the clear blue, all of a sudden they've decided they're going to leave a marriage or they're going to do something drastic and and you're going, whoa, whoa. Or somebody that just decides they're, you know, no longer going to follow the Lord. I'm telling you, we're in a battle and we need every, every believer right now in the midst of this that are praying for others, that are praying for themselves, but also thinking about the fact that we've got to hold up one another. In this hour. That's why he ends the armor with pray one for another, pray for others around you as well. And so, um, understanding this, uh, Paul writes, Gird your loins with truth. This is the truth right here. I know that we are in a a generation right now that challenges that. Uh, In this generation we're living in, they're taught in school to question everything. I'll go back to Genesis chapter 3 because Satan, you know, Paul wrote in in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2. He said, I fear that like Eve was deceived by the serpent that you yourselves might be deceived because of the various uh, people that you're listening to coming and teaching you uh, that's not in line with the whole counsel of God's word. And so... um, so anyway, like Eve, Eve in, in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says, it starts out by saying the serpent was more subtle than any other creature as he came around that tree to test uh, Eve. Subtle means inconspicuous but with grave danger. He was more subtle than any other creature. And he came and he questioned God's word to her. He, he tried to create a doubt in her mind. You know, did God really say he, he created a question. Can you really trust what God says? And this is what's happening in our society right now. People are being told, question everything. Well, you know, it's, it's good to ask some questions when you want to know information. But when you question things to doubt God, you're in trouble. Because God's word, God's word is, is final authority in the earth. And God's word has to become final authority in your own life because your feelings and your emotions are gonna tell you other things. What you see with your natural eyes, it's gonna tell you other things. That's why you gotta stay with what is truth. Gird your loins with truth, the truth of God's word. You need to read your Bible. You need to uh, meditate the word. You need to uh, you know, memorize it, speak it over your life. Why, because you gotta overcome. There's an enemy that wants to convince your thoughts. He wants to pull you away. The other aspect of the loins being girded with truth is walk in truthfulness. Walk in truthfulness. You know, it's hard to um, convince other people if you're not being truthful yourself. And so you have to be truthful people. And then he says, take the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is, uh, he's referring here, not to your own. You know, righteousness is right standing with God. You can't earn your right standing with God by works. You can't. Uh, you can't get get a right standing with God out of your own effort. It's a gift. It's a gift that Jesus gave us on the cross. When he died, he took our sin upon himself that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. When we believe in him and we accept his blood in our lives to cleanse us of sin, what happens is he gives us a gift of righteousness so that now we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if we don't know that, the devil's going to come and try to convince you you never were saved to start with. He's going to try to talk you out of your salvation. So you have to get that breastplate of righteousness on you, learning who you are in Christ and allowing the Word of God to be final authority. And then he says, uh, take the take the shield of faith. Take that shield of faith. And, um, uh, no, excuse me, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You've got to have inside of you... Um, the word, so that when God wants to use you to to speak into other people's lives, First Peter three fifteen says uh, that you be prepared, uh, that you sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Be prepared always to give an answer to every man, a reason for the hope you have within you, that you're ready. You know, so many times I'm I have opportunities to speak to people in a taxi or on a plane or, or wherever I am, and to just. Uh, Speak into their lives the truth of the gospel message and then take the shield of faith to stop every fiery dart of the wicked. You've got to use your faith. I used to think if I could just have the faith of Brother Oral Roberts or the faith of Brother Kenneth Hagen, and the Lord said, they got a measure of faith just like you did, they just exercised theirs. You just need to exercise yours. And I began to do that. I began to exercise my faith. I began to believe God. And then I began to believe that he could use me to believe for other people too. And so um, you have to exercise that faith muscle. It's like a muscle in your body. You have to exercise it. And then uh, he says, take the helmet of salvation. Um, We're told that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But then that helmet is on your head. And so that means you have to guard your thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, The weapons of our warfare in this spiritual battle are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to pull down strongholds. But we have to cast down imaginations, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bring our thoughts captive to obey what the Word says. So then he says, um, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, this is the written word right here, the Logos. And you can declare the Logos. It's, it, God's power is in it. But I'll tell you what, when you're uh, in this particular Scripture, he's talking about a rhema word, that when the Holy Spirit quickens a certain word, a certain Scripture to you to speak out against the enemy, that's when it's like a sword going into the enemy, and he has to back off. And then praying always with all kinds of prayer, persevering in it. Now, the art of war, the art of war is interesting because it was, um, it was written up in um, 5th century B.C. Uh, by a Chinese military man named Sun Tzu. And um, Sun Tzu wrote, a, wrote like a booklet of strategies in warfare. Well, there's three of those set strategies that I want to bring out to you today. And one of them is know yourself. A second one is know your enemy. And the third one I want to bring out is obey your commander's voice. Know yourself, know your enemy, obey your commander's voice. We're talking warfare here. Now, in spiritual warfare, like I said, we're not fighting people, even though you may feel like you are at times. You have to do this in prayer. You have to do this in your time with God. Uh, You have to believe and keep your faith in God in this but you have to know yourself. Well, I know myself. I know my weaknesses. I know my strengths. I know with my weak areas in my life, I need other people around my life to help me. And so I'm not, I'm not embarrassed or afraid to ask for help. And I find that many people in the body of Christ, uh, they are loners. They want to feel that they are the superman themselves, and they don't need any, any help. You know what? Pride has to come down. We have to be willing to get help at times. I know my weak weakness. I know my strengths. And I focus on my strengths. And uh, because I believe God can use them. But I am not just uh, thinking I'm a superhuman. I know my boundaries, you know, in, in every realm of my life. And so I'm very aware that I have to put some boundaries around my life at times. You know, I have to know that I have to have time, not only with other people, but time alone. I have to uh, I have to know when I'm supposed to do something and when I'm not supposed to do something. Uh, this is important. If you know, you have to know yourself. Now, it doesn't mean that that something that God might want me to do, that would not be I would not feel as strong in that that He would He would force me into that. You know, because sometimes God does that. He'll just pull you into something you you feel inadequate for, but He'll just put you in there so that you'll lean heavily upon Him. But you've got to know that He's put you there, that He's calling you into that, and not just do it just because it's a great thing, or a great uh, a- aspiration or admiration that you have in your heart. And so you know yourself. Then you have to know your enemy. Um, know your enemy. Your enemy is deceitful. He's subtle. He's a seducer. He lies. He gives you, he tries to influence your mind, your thoughts. He tries to pull you away from what is right. And so uh, he tries to, he starts out very, in a very innocent way a lot of times. It, he'll, he'll tempt you, he'll test you in a very innocent way. You'll, you'll, you'll think, oh, no big deal. But then he he causes it to go beyond what it should, and then you're in trouble. So you have, to, you have to know your enemy. You have to know your commander's voice, and you have to obey your commander's voice. I find that many people, they, they say, well, I love the Lord. Like Mother Tucker in North Tulsa years ago, I was listening to her speak, and she said she was preaching in her church, and, and uh, this man stood up and said, oh, Mother Tucker, I just want to say, I just love the Lord. She says, no, you don't. And in front of everybody. And, and and he said, Mother. She said, you don't. She said, because if you love the Lord, you would obey him, his commands. And you're not doing it. And he sat down. You know? <laughs> I said, Mother, you are really, you're really, uh, you're really strong. And I thought to myself, you know, the older I get, the more I get strong about just saying what I sense the Holy <laughs> Spirit is trying to bring... Into people's lives, a correction. So, um, so anyway, we have to obey His commands, and we, we find out that um, the Scripture tells us in First John chapter, First uh, John chapter five, He tells us He says, uh, "If you love me, then you will keep my commands, and my commands are not grievous, they're not burdensome. But you, if you love me, you will keep my commands." So we have to understand that, that the enemy, uh, I want to get back to the enemy here, the enemy is trying to come at three different battlegrounds in our lives. He's trying to come at our thoughts. He's trying to come at our heart and our mouth. Those three battlegrounds. And, and I want to focus in on the heart. Uh, the heart is where... Um, the Holy Spirit lives when He comes inside of us. It's where He speaks. The heart also is where your conscience is. You know, this week I went to the movie with my grandkids, Toy, toy Story 4. And how many of y'all ever ever seen Toy Story? Any Toy Story? Okay. Well, in Toy Story, it's all these little toys. And there's this one toy named Woody who's loyal to his master, whoever his owner is. And he's been switched over from one owner to another. He's now, in this movie, he, he, he's been owned by a little girl named Bonnie. And Bonnie has gotten kind of tired of him. And so she took his badge off of him, put it on the girl, uh, cowgirl. Cow but anyway, but Woody is still real loyal. And, um, and so when Bonnie is told she's going to go to kindergarten, she's going to start school, Bonnie starts to cry. Her parents says, you can do this, Bonnie. You know but she's scared so so Woody decides he's going to go with her to school and uh, so you know the, the other toys are going no 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 don't do it don't do it and he's saying well she needs she needs one of us uh, because she we don't want her to have a bad day so she uh, he sneaks in her book bag and so uh, they get to school and and so sure enough uh, she's sitting by herself, and so she feels alone, and then this other kid takes her little uh, craft stuff and throws it in the trash, and uh, and everybody was supposed to be making a craft. So she's crying, and so Woody crawls out. He goes to the trash can, pulls the trash out, puts it on her desk without her knowing it, uh, and then she turns, and there it is, so she can make her little craft a spork, a spork toy with eyeballs. It's It's like a... Uh, combination spoon fork, you know, it's got eyeballs and, and she puts a little uh, smile on it, and uh, these crazy arms and so that and and feet and so that becomes her favorite toy, so then that toy though thinks it's trash. He keeps trying to go to the trash. Woody's getting it out anyway. They get back to the house and so Woody uh, is talking to the other toys and Buzz Lightyear comes up to him. He says why in the world did you go with her to school? I mean, you know, we don't want her to discover that we can actually communicate with each other. Why in the world did you go? He said, because, he said, I couldn't shake that little voice on the inside of me. Buzz says, wonder what that was. He says, it's my conscience. You know, your conscience. And Buzz goes, oh, no, I don't know. And so then Buzz starts punching his buttons, trying to hear his mechanical voice. (laughs) But I thought about myself, your conscience, your conscience. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 says, In the last days some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They have to develop a belief system that allows them to to live in whatever way they want to live, a doctrine of a devil. And then he says, having their consciences seared as with a hard iron, hardened, you know, like when a farmer puts a brand on a cow and he it's a hot iron that he does it with and then after he does that, and that's so that if the cow wanders off, you know, that brand is on there and people will know that belongs to that farmer. But, but, but when you touch this, the, that place where the brand has been, it's hardened and so the, the cow can't feel anything on that, that spot because it's calloused, it's hardened. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, there's many people that have learned to shove aside the voice of the Holy Spirit over and over until their heart becomes hardened. They can't get convicted anymore. They're no, no, no longer sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit anymore. And so, um, so what Woody was saying was, I'm sensitive. I'm sensitive to my conscience. You know, I'm aware of what's right and wrong. And I'm also sensitive to others. I find, you know, Psalms 51 and verse uh, 18 says that God is drawn to the broken heart and the contrite spirit. And that scripture was written when David had sinned and he had broken his heart up before God. And so um, the the broken heart is a a heart that's humble. A contrite spirit is one that's bruised. And you might think, well, bruised, what does that have to do with? Well, there's been going to be experiences you go through in life where you feel bruised. But what God can do is He can take that place that you've been bruised. Now, when you touch, if somebody hits you and bruises your arm and you touch that place, it becomes very sensitive. And, and what God wants to do, even in experiences we walk through in life, is He wants to take what we've felt bruised in And create a sensitivity in our hearts. A sensitivity to God and a sensitivity to other people. I can tell you through a lot of hits that I've experienced in life. It's created a greater sensitivity in me. I'm more aware. And sensitivity is important for us. Not to have our hearts hardened. Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12 says, Break up the fallow ground of your heart sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in His mercy, break up the fallow ground of your heart. You know what fallow ground is in agriculture? Fallow ground is ground that one time was broken up, but it was left not developed. No seed planted in it, no, uh, no cultivating, and so the, the land becomes crusted over. It develops a, a, a bit of hardness so that It has to be broken up again. That's what fallow ground is. He says, break up the fallow ground of your heart. You may have had your heart broken up before, before God. You've humbled yourself before God before. But yet God is saying, I want to talk to you about something else now. And your heart is resistant. Hardness of heart is resistant to truth. Hardness of heart is resistant to truth. But when you break up the fallow ground of your heart. You open yourself up for God to speak to you and show you things you need to see. Hardness of heart can happen to anybody. You know, when you read the scriptures, you see hardness of heart in the Pharisees, but then even in the disciples. Mark chapter 6, I remember reading it one day and thinking, oh my word. They had seen Jesus multiply the loaves and fishes. A miracle had happened to feed 5,000 people. At the end of the day, he says, go out in the boat, and I'll join you later. I'm going to go up and pray. So he went up to a mountain to pray. He came back out that night. In the middle of the night, he's walking out on the water toward them. And it says, they thought he was a ghost. And so their hearts were seized with fear. And it says, because in verse 52 of Mark 6, their hearts were hardened. Isn't that amazing that fear is an indication of a moment of hardness. But you don't have to stay there. I'm just trying to give you some insight here. Then Mark 8, verse 17, after Jesus again had fed 4,000 people with just a few loaves and fishes, it says that uh, the Pharisees was talking to him. He gets in the boat and he says, Guys, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. Well, leaven is what expands a, a loaf of bread. And uh, and so what it is is leaven is influence. Beware of the influence of Herod, which is the world. Beware of the influence of the Pharisees, which is religious, uh, religion, religion, and you know just legalism. And so as they're getting in the boat, the disciples said to each other, "Oh, it's because we forgot to get a loaf of bread before we came out here in the boat." And Jesus, because they were thinking in the natural, and Jesus says, why do you reason in your hearts? Is your heart yet hardened? So he corrects them. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart. He says, when we get into our mind's reasoning, we reason away the voice of God many times he's trying to talk to us and we're reasoning in a way oh I don't have enough money or you know I don't think so that I'm not capable of doing that or I don't have the background for that or you know I don't I don't know Uh, that just seems impossible that that could be so we reason away miracles we reason away God's supernatural in our lives you know I thought about it when when I was headed to Azerbaijan I'd never been there and um and I'd met this pastor in Washington, D.C. at the prayer breakfast in, in February, and my spirit leaped in me, and, and, and I said, I feel like I'm supposed to come to your church. He said, that would be awesome. Nobody wants to come to Azerbaijan. That would be awesome. I said, okay. And so we began to make plans toward that. Well, about three or four weeks right before, I get a text on my phone that there's a conflict going on. In Azerbaijan, in this one section of, of the of the country, not where we were going, but anyway, um, then I thought about, okay, I got to fly through Istanbul on the way, and uh, I know that about a year and a half ago there was a bombing in in the airport, and you know you, you know how that devil comes with lying imaginations, and so I cast those down. I said, no. The Holy Spirit said, what did you hear in the beginning? I'm supposed to go. So I went with that. And there was a small group of us that went, and um, it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful, fruitful. Uh, it opened up, uh, I believe, other doors in the future and um, just a precious church, word of life there, and uh, the pastor there, and the whole group of people. Well, you know, fear could have hardened my heart to not go in the will of God. I find that happens with many people. They let fear or reasoning, mental reasoning, reason away, the voice of God. We have to guard our heart. Proverbs 4, 23 says, guard your heart diligently because it determines the course of your life. Wow, that's the New Living Translation. We have to guard our heart. We have to guard our heart from, from, from those things. We have to guard our heart from many other things like unforgiveness. You know, I, I was while I was on this trip, I, I ended up watching a uh, YouTube video of a, of, of a woman that was telling a vision she had had of herself going to hell and back. She had had a vision of herself going to heaven and then later had, a, had this other vision, and she, um, she wrote about it. She shared it. I believe God can speak in visions and dreams. I know that we're not to be led by every dream we have. You know, because I know there's many voices in the world, 1 Corinthians 14, 10 says. But we have to discern the voices. But what she saw was a warning. She had had unforgiveness in her heart. She'd gone through some rejection. She'd gone through some heartache and pain from a relationship being broken and some things happening in her life. And so... She was worshiping God, and she, all of a sudden, the people around her disappeared, and she was caught up into this vision. I want you to see this story of this lady, Lori Ditto.
1: We were in an evangelism meeting. I was worshiping in the back with my eyes closed. And then as soon as those, as soon as the heat came in the room, I watched. I opened my eyes. I knew something was happening, I knew exactly where I was. Immediately, three things were spoken over me. You are in hell eternally for unforgiveness. When I got there, just the heat, the extreme heat, and the sound of the people screaming broke my eardrums and caused such a pain inside of me. And I knew this was going to go on eternally And there was no way out of it. My bones, my body twisted in so many ways, breaking. I felt my back break. You can never get to another human being to share that pain. You actually become uh, sin. You, You start looking like this growth. You actually lose the formation of a human being because I'm made in the image of God, and that changed there. It, it, it's horrific. It was the worst thing to know that in Heaven, Jesus had been so patient, and He was willing to forgive me everything, everything. And I couldn't forgive small offenses. I mean, in my life, they, they felt like these things had broken me. But in reality, to everything that the Lord had forgiven me of, said they were small. As quickly as I went into hell, these doors opened, and something brought me out so fast. I entered, re-entered the room. I was screaming. My good friend, Hal Linhart, he was there, and he was shaking me, he was asking me, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I said to him, I've been to, hell. I've, been to hell. I've been to hell. And everything changed in that minute. As transforming as it was to go to Heaven and meet Jesus Christ, That transformation does not compare to the transformation of having been to hell. If God had not shown that to me, if I died without Him showing that to me, I know I'd be there right now. He loves me, and He's mighty to save. And in that instance, that's what it took.
0: That's what it took, that God gave her that vision in order to wake her up. You know, with her, she had held on to that unforgiveness. Hardness of heart can happen momentarily. Hardness of heart can happen uh, where a person holds on to things over a period of time and it paralyzes their lives. And they don't even realize it, even though they're going ahead and functioning in day-to-day living, that uh, they're not going anywhere spiritually and that they're they're not able to resist the enemy's uh, lies coming to their minds because the enemy is constantly trying to feed you with thoughts that are contrary to what God's word says but we have to choose we have to choose to open our heart up, humble ourselves you know I think the biggie for a lot of people is just to humble themselves and say you know what, it may not be a grotesque sin that I've been in, Hebrews 3, 7 uh, tells us today if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your heart like the children of Israel did in the wilderness but um, he said they didn't enter into the promised land because of unbelief and because of sin the deceitfulness of sin. So there's such a there's so much to this that I can't even get into. But I'll I just say this: It takes humility to just say, Lord, I need to open my heart up again, that you can work in me. I'm going to be willing in the day of your power. I'm going to allow you to work in my life, whatever it is. If it's direction, if it's to let go of something, if it's to uh, believe. If it's whatever it is, help me to open my heart up to you, that you can deal with me in this. Because if, if we don't, then we're, gonna, we're not going to make it. you know, It's going to be trouble. So I want us to stand together this morning. And as we do, this one scripture came to my heart. Um, from Psalms 139, verse 22 and 23, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know my heart, Lord. Know my thoughts if there's anything in me that's contrary to you, uh, that you can deliver me from that, that you would uh, get me back on the right direction of what you, you want in my life. And so this morning, my invitation is, if you would like to come and just seek God, seek God down here at the altar. If God has been dealing with you about some things in your life, I don't know what they are. I don't know if it's, if it's just... Uh, God trying to deal with you to do something or if it's uh, God trying to deal with you about a sin or if God's trying to deal with you about something that you've held on to, you need to let go of, whatever it is, I'm giving you that opportunity right now to come to the front to seek God and let God work in your heart. Our worship team is gonna lead us in worship as we are gonna sing, Search Me, O God. This is a song that came to Pastor Paul years back when he was walking through a testing time and this song is, I'm all yours, Lord. I'm all yours. Search. Me oh God, and know my every thought that's it. Renew my life, take my life, I'm all yours, whatever it is that God's trying to say to you, just respond to it.
1: Thank you so much for watching today. If that message resonated with you, repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, thank you for coming into my heart, removing all sin and any bad decisions from my life. I commit my life and my heart and my mind fully to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you prayed that prayer, congratulations. Welcome to the family. If you loved the message today, we want to hear your feedback. So like, comment, or share in the link below. We can't wait to hear from you. If you would like to partner with us in giving, go ahead and click on the link in our description. We're so thankful that you joined us today. And remember, your best days are right in front of you.